Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on uh, Carolina Newsmakers with Dale Falwell, the 28th treasurer of the state of North Carolina. And uh, we want to talk about two things in this uh, particular segment. One, we want to talk about the state bond rating, which you made some reference to, and how inflation uh, may affect that. And also, we want to talk a little bit about uh, your continued efforts to fight, uh, to fight fraud, and uh, especially in the pension system. So let's start with that one. Uh, anytime somebody gets something that they're not supposed to get, the rest of us suffer because somebody has to pay for it. So what uh, what's happening in the cases of uh, those who are trying to take advantage of the system and, and uh, uh, receive benefits that they're actually not due? Gosh, there's just so many things we can talk about. And uh, as your listeners know, I've mentioned in the past, we're managing about $250 billion. That is almost 10 times the size of the state budget. So, uh, and people ask, how do I, how do we do that? And I explained, uh, we watch the pennies and the paper clips. So, you know, part of the pennies and the paper clips, uh, which is what you've had to do to, in order to build Curtis media, uh, part of the pennies and paper clips could be, uh, the success we've had in cutting $500 million in Wall Street fees out of the cost of the pension plan, which has just ranked us as being the most efficient pension plan. We're in the lowest possible percentile of pension plans in the entire world in terms of our efficiency. And I'm obviously standing on the shoulders of a lot of hardworking people at the treasurer's office. Uh, the second thing is that obviously that's $500 million. But we also do other things like we have a felony forfeiture uh, law. And just to give you an example of uh, the blood that runs through me is Quaker. And one of the spices of the Quaker religion is to be fair and just. And what that means to your listeners is that with everything that's dividing our society right now, which is political party and color and gender, none of that exists at the treasurer's office. It's all green, G-R-E-E-N. And what that means is we don't pick and choose which laws to apply or who to apply them to. The felony forfeiture law is sort of law that I hope I would hope that we would never have to use. And it basically says if you commit a crime while in your public service duty, <coughs> that once that conviction is handed down, whatever length of time that you convicted convict uh, were convicted of, we go into your pension plan and we remove that service credit from your pension service. There's nothing that ticks off your listeners more than to have a crook, an embezzler, or uh, somebody who's taking sexual advantage of a student committing those crimes and earning a pension credit while they're committing the crime. So to give you an idea of we don't pick and choose which laws to apply or who to apply them to, the first person I applied this to was former Republican Senator Fletcher Hartzell uh, from Kannapolis. The second person I applied it to was the uh, convicted embezzling register of deeds of Wake County, another Republican. Uh, one of the last ones we've had to apply this to is Wanda Green, who's I presume from a different political party from Asheville. Unfortunately, whether it's at the uh, sheriff's level, the county level, the city level, or the state level, uh, we're seeing more and more of these cases from Murphy to Manio uh, and being committed by Democrats, Republicans, independents, uh, people who are black, white, uh, male, female. We're seeing just more of these things occur. And when they do occur, uh, 
once the conviction's handed down, we go in and re- remove their their pension credit. So when we talk about the pennies and the paper clips, I sort of gave you the guardrails. Sometimes we talk about $500 million in Wall Street fee savings, but we also talk about how we make sure that people aren't getting this money that don't deserve it. Are there other cases of fraud uh, that uh, don't involve uh, the cases that you're talking about here where uh, a, a citizen gets uh, some sort of a payment, uh, but they they don't deserve it? Uh well, it's funny you ask that. It's not funny. It's actually tragic. The state auditor just completed her exhaustive audit in a uh, town called Spring Lake, which um, the state treasurer's office had to take over about a year ago. <clears throat> There's no geographical reason for Spring Lake not to be successful. It sits between Fort Bragg, Fayetteville, and Pinehurst. There's no reason it can't be successful. But her audit, a stinging audit, came out yesterday, and people can go to our treasurer website or the state auditor's website. Uh, we had a, a person in control of the checkbook at, at Spring Lake who was paid out nearly $500,000 in nursing home bills on behalf of her loved ones and even put the room number on the check. And that this came out yesterday. So... Unfortunately, this is going on across the state. And as I said, it it transcends political party, uh, color and gender. And, you know, we're just we're having a hard time trying to keep up with this. And more importantly, for any judges or district attorneys that might be listening, uh, what really impedes our ability to implement this law is when somebody plea bargains that we're, you know, we're not going to let this affect the person's pension. Uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how much I disagree with that. The judges and the district attorneys need to convict these people and charge them and for the crimes they committed. But please don't sign away the treasurer's office's ability to to take these folks' pension away from them. Another thing that we talk about frequently on this program, uh, talking about uh, money that uh, maybe somebody deserves or doesn't deserve is uh, the unclaimed cash. And we talk about that frequently and uh, you always bring it up for people to check and see. And I've done this several times, not only with my own accounts, but my company accounts and also my relatives. And almost every time I do it, I find that there's money in the state treasurer's office that belongs to me, which you're glad to return if I only apply for it. So explain how that works and and, uh, bring us up to date on exactly how many dollars have been paid out of those those funds this year. What a great story. What a great question. Uh, It's called nccash.com. Now, the official word is the escheats division. But when I was struggling my way through Winston-Salem State and UNCG, I stuttered more than I do currently. And I'm advised not to use that word on the air because they you may not invite me back because it could come out incorrectly. So <laughs> we're going to call it we're, we're going to call it nccash.com. We are breaking all records. We are collecting more money into nccash.com than ever before because of technology, and we are paying out more money than we've ever paid before. So Monday morning of this week, as I left Winston-Salem, I stopped by the International Civil Rights Museum. They had $1,000 sitting at nccash.com. Now, your listeners are probably saying, how does it get there? Let me give you a perfect example. 
Years ago, the International Civil Rights Museum entered into a contract for a phone system that they ultimately didn't use. They put a deposit down on the phone system. They didn't use the phone system and then they changed their PO box. So when whoever they had that contract with tried to return that money back to them, it, the check came back to them undelivered. That money has to be escheated to the state treasurer's office. That was their thousand dollars. Then I left there and went to the uh, uh, place that you're very familiar with, uh, the State Employees Credit Union Hope House there in Chapel Hill. And at the Hope House, there was the first one of their these types in the state. Uh, they had over $1,000 sitting in NC Cash, and I presented it to them. And then Wednesday, uh, Franklin Academy up in Wake Forest, North Carolina, had $12,000 sitting at nccash.com. And yesterday, as I was going up to Person County to speak, uh, and uh, I was doing an interview with uh, Tanya Rivera at News 2, a television station there in Greensboro, uh, she was talking about the people being lucky on St. Patrick's Day. We went into nccash.com and we punched in shamrock and lucky and gold and all these names that actually have people's money sitting in NC Cash. So I was running out of time to do this interview with her by Zoom. And she said, we're going on the air in 90 seconds. So there was an ABC store there. And uh, I've got nothing against uh, uh, alcohol. I don't consume it. But I run in, ran in and introduced myself and I said, can I go back in your storeroom and do this interview? So I do this interview from the storage place of the Person County ABC store. And so the manager there was sitting there listening to the interview. And when we got through, his name is Joe. He had money at nccash.com. So just another valuable reason to listen to your show. Uh, check your name, your maiden name, kids' names, parents' names, church million dollars that belongs to churches. I was speaking at the High Point Rotary Club yesterday, and I mentioned the High Toms baseball team, which is High Point Thomasville, had $10,000 at nccash.com. And the guy who runs the High Toms baseball team was sitting in the Rotary audience, coincidentally. So go and check your name, business name, nonprofit name. 57 Rotary Clubs actually have their own money sitting there. And I can guarantee you that it'll be a, a very interesting way to, to spend your evening and possibly very, very profitable. The biggest claim that we're working on right now is $200,000 uh, to a lady who just lost her husband up in uh, the above Winston-Salem here. And uh, it was the she was the beneficiary of a life insurance policy and no one had ever contacted her. $200,000. Yes. That's a that's a piece of change, and I'm sure it was a very meaningful piece of change in that particular case. Well, the other interesting thing about any funds that you get back, in most cases, it's it's tax free, and so it's a it's a very valuable collection to your personal wealth uh, or your company's wealth. And uh, as I said, I I'm always amazed uh, that when I look at where it is, you wonder how it happened. Uh, in many cases, it just happened. Uh, but uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, uh, the, the people who are, uh, got the money uh, uh, that belonged to you did indeed do the honorable thing and turned it into the state of North Carolina. Uh, uh, and so it's there for the, for the picking, so to speak. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, and uh, we've got about two minutes left in this segment. I want to bring up a name that you bring up so often, and that's Harlan Boyles. And I know he's one of your heroes. Talk just a, a, a little bit about uh, 
how influential Harlan Boyles has been to the way that you run the state treasurer's office and some of the things that he did when he was in that office. I, uh, I never had the opportunity to meet Treasurer Bowles. I was a mentee of a fellow that I think you're very familiar with, Don, by the name of Jim Holmes, who started the Alex Brown office there in Winston-Salem, you know, back 65, 70 years ago, actually. And uh, Jim Holmes uh, was uh, very close to Harlan Bowles. So I, I remember Harlan Bowles calling in to Alex Brown and talking to, uh, to Jim at the time. But I do wear a lapel pin that his son gave me uh, and it just reminds me of a couple of things. One is I'm trying to be the best state treasurer in North Carolina history. When you got somebody like Harlan Bowles there, that makes it very difficult. Uh, for your listeners who may not be familiar with him, he wrote the book, Keeper of the Public Purse. So I always use that, that slogan. Uh, but secondly, I want to remind them that uh, he wasn't just the best state treasurer of North Carolina. He was considered the best state treasurer of the 20th century of the United States of America. And so I wear this lapel pen just to remind me that I'm standing on the shoulders of, of not only Treasurer Gill, Treasurer Bowles, <coughs> Treasurer Moore, and Treasurer Cowell, and to remind me that, uh, you know, when you watch the pennies in the paper clips, that North Carolina is in an enviable position in terms of its balance sheet because of decisions that may have been made 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Well, he certainly, uh, he was a frequent guest on our program and, of course, uh, always uh, brought to light some of the very issues that you bring up. And, of course, as I always said, uh, he was the Democrats' favorite Republican. And I'm sorry, I had that one reversed. He was Republicans' favorite Democrat, as I recall. Um, he was. And let me give you one tidbit. It's my understanding before election time every year, he would go to the chair of the, Demo the Republican Party, the opposite party, and tell them, find the best possible person you can to run against me because this job's too important to just have anybody in it. Our guest is Dale Falwell, and we'll be back with one final segment of Carolina Newsmakers right after these messages. You stay tuned. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, don't tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. You out salesmen to the salesman. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll have the info you need to get more for your future. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to speeding past financial challenges, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest is State Treasurer Dale Falwell. 
Uh, I would like to remind our listeners that uh, many of the stations that carry this program carry a half-hour version, whereas the program in its uh, 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 recording is actually uh, 45 minutes in content. And if, so if you're listening to one of the stations that carries only 45, uh, 30 minutes, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear the two segments that you miss. You miss two old segments. And uh, that's easy to do, carolinanewsmakers.com. We also archive all of the former programs. And so you can go back and listen to the comments of guests like Dale Falwell when they were on the program in prior times. Uh, as I said, our guest this, uh, this week is Dale Falwell. He's the uh, 28th elected treasurer of the state of North Carolina. And as I understand yesterday, uh, or sometime this week, uh, the North Carolina Press Association has an award called the Sunshine Award. And uh, guess who got it? So first of all, uh, uh, Dale, uh, how about tell us what the Sunshine Award is all about? And then uh, you can comment on the fact that you are the recipient this year. I'll be glad to do that. And, uh, you know, people don't normally describe my disposition as being that of sunshine. But uh, I was very honored to receive this. And it's a reflection, once again, standing on the shoulders of the hardworking people in our communications department and all the other agencies in the state treasurer's office, the investment management, the unclaimed property, as well as the financial operations division. We were nominated for this because of some work we did with uh, fraud uh, with the HOPE program, H-O-P-E. The HOPE program was created uh, with federal money as a result of COVID to try to help renters who couldn't get in, couldn't be employed to bridge their gaps so they could pay their landlords. And we started seeing uh, check cashing services calling the treasurer's office. Now, I need to unpack this a minute. I am the state treasurer of North Carolina, manage one of the largest pools of public money in the world. I'm also the chair of the state banking commission, a highly regulatory agency. When a check cashing service calls the treasurer's office, that's not something they are normally do. (laughs) And they were calling the treasurer's office because they were having these, these teenagers basically showing up with these checks for 20, $30,000 who were supposedly landlords who did not have a bank account and trying to cash these checks and these check cashing services were calling the, us at the treasurer's office, asking the, us if this is good money or not. <clears throat> that sounded an alarm for us about the fact that there was a big breakdown in, in terms of fraud regarding the HOPE program. Uh, any of the, anybody who's interested in more about this, you can go to WB. TV investigates as a uh, television station in Charlotte, B boy TV, and they can learn more about this. So the sunshine award is, uh, was uh, bestowed on uh, the treasurer's office yesterday by this organization. And we were so honored and uh, because we've tried to build a culture going back to Harlem balls over the last five years of integrity, ability, and passion. And uh, we feel like that the, uh, press, uh, in many instances, especially on some of these fraud cases, <clears throat> is the last line of defense. We also acknowledge that the press has a job to do, just like you and Jason have a job to do, I have a job to do. And keeping them from their job or keeping information from them that they're ultimately entitled to is not something that I'm ever, ever 
and never have been as the state treasurer. Now, that doesn't mean we get everything perfect at the treasurer's office. We have oops meetings. I don't know if you have those at Curtis Media. Too too frequently, too frequently. (laughs) Yeah, double zero zero PS. We have oops meetings because we, when you send out as much money as we do, we make mistakes. And when the press calls us about something that they've discovered regarding that, (coughs) we answer the phone. You know, it doesn't matter what political party you're a member of. When you're a public servant, you raise your, put your left hand on the Bible and raise your right hand to uphold the policies, the laws, and the Constitution of North Carolina. You know, not answering the phone and and keeping things from people is not something uh, that you shouldn't be in public service. Uh, And on top of that, you know, part of that comes with, you know, open records requests. We just uh, had one of those that come through and, and, you know, we had some public officials that even didn't even respond to, didn't even send them their calendar. Uh, I mean, their calendar for, 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 you know, it's just incredible. So uh, we were, we're honored to receive that. And um, I was over at Elon College yesterday and saw a lot of people, Don, I haven't seen in three years, you know, from the NNO and WRAL and uh, uh, the assembly NC.com and and other types of groups. So uh, I was very honored to uh, to receive this award. But be clear, I'm standing on the shoulders of a lot of hardworking people in our communications team, as well as uh, as those in our financial operations division in this particular case, and uh, and other groups. Well, congratulations on that. And I think it's uh, this is something that all public servants need to uh, be very aware of: is uh, the right to know and uh, uh, and uh, so the Sunshine Award is is a very good practice for the North Carolina Press Association to push. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about uh, you've got two more years, two more years plus in your current term. Uh, looking at both short term and long term, and let's look at uh, short term first and then long term. What uh, what goals do you have for the remaining of this term? And of course, uh, you will be considering running for another term, I suspect, at the end of the two and a half years. But uh, just for the time that you've got remaining in this term, what are the things that you're looking to do and try to accomplish? And as I said, let's start first short term and then we can look at long term. The number one goal is to break the healthcare cartel, get rid of secret contracts, bring transparency to healthcare. The result that will result in us being able to lower family premiums for state employees. You know, just because you can afford a certain kind of car doesn't mean you can afford to drive it or maintain it. We need to lower the family premiums for those that teach, protect, and serve, many of them based on their entry-level pay or having to work one week out of every four. One week out of every four and based on their entry-level pay. We want to lower the family premiums, and we can do that by driving more efficiencies uh, through the state health plan. But it's hard to do that when we're being boycotted by the by the hospital association and, and their members. That's number one. Number two is to is to remain in the check delivery business. I know that a lot of your listeners have maybe become frustrated of hearing stories about federal offices, especially, but maybe even some state offices where no one's been in the building for two years. Uh, We have been fully operational since the first week of April of 2020. Uh, So we have remained in the check delivery business and the credit goes to the uh, people in our office. And, 
you know, you didn't really hear much about uh, me as the state treasurer uh, talking a lot about the, you know, these issues. Uh, you know, we put a policies in place that represented the common sense and the courtesy of our building. It didn't mean we always had everybody in the building, but we just, you know, found a way. And that's, that's what you have to do sometimes when you're, you know, managing a large pool of money like we are and so many millions of people are depending on us being successful. Uh, so those are sort of the short and the, and the long-term goals. And, uh, but and talking about the pension is to, is to keep uh, simplifying the pension plan, continue to, to make sure that it, it remains safe, not just for this, but the next generation of public service workers. Uh, back to the health plan very quickly. I'm super excited about uh, Nova Nordis's development in North Carolina of the uh, oral uh, insulin pill. Uh, you and I both have, I have memories of uh, Maryfield Pennyburn Nursing Home over in High Point, helping my grandmother at, in 1964, give her a shot of insulin. Well, people are still giving themselves shots. <laughs> and the development of this oral insulin pill, I think it's gonna be a game changer as far as drug adherence uh, for people who are diabetic. So I got a lot of interesting things like this. I, I do have a goal that I don't think I'm going to succeed at. I'd love to pay out more money out of NC cash than we take in, <clears throat> but we're doing such a great job of collecting it because of the technology that's available. I'm not sure that they will ever hit that goal, but uh, the bottom line is that, is that, you know, tr treat people uh, and, and drive a culture of integrity, ability, and passion. That's my goal for the rest of my term. Uh, I failed to mention that uh, the Ukraine problem uh, also goes to the state pension plan. You've got about $80 million of Russian assets. What are you doing in regards to that? A uh, couple of quick things. Number one is that, I mean, it's hard not to get emotional about this, Don. Uh, yeah. We all know what we're seeing and we know how we feel about it. Uh, the Bible tells us that when you're faced with anxiety and uncertainty, you only have but one choice, and that is to give more. Uh, we have $80 million of direct Russian investments. This is not Coca-Cola or McDonald's. This is the BlackRock MCSI XUS Index Fund. And for your listeners, they've heard of the S&P 500. You know, Don Curtis or Dale Falwell doesn't determine what's in the S&P 500. There's a committee that does that. And so these direct investments were determined by this index fund. Um, and so we have about $80 million of losses. From what I'm hearing, we have one of the smallest exposures of anybody in the United States. It's less than three quarters of 1% of the 120 billion. So everybody says, just sell it. We can't sell it. Our custodians locked it down. And uh, so that's, uh, that's why we can't sell it. So I have uh, asked the United States General Assembly, which they've passed unanimously, uh, to send a resolution, which they did, speaking with one voice from North Carolina, asking the United States Congress to change a law that's been in existence for 50 years to possibly uh, allow us to have an exit ramp that would lead us to a very long runway of being able to sue President Putin and the government of Russia for the direct investment losses to the pensioners and the taxpayers of North Carolina. Well, it's just interesting, of course, as you said, it's hard to talk about that situation without getting emotional because it is just absolutely unhumane what is happening there. But anyway, uh, I'm glad that you're on top of that situation as you 
or with almost everything we talk to you about, Dale. You just do a great job. Uh, uh, our time is uh, such that I'm not going to be able to introduce another topic. Uh, we do appreciate very much Dale being with us and expressing uh, in terms that we can all understand some of the issues yeah. that we're all facing as citizens of the state of North Carolina. Well, uh, glad, glad, glad to be with you. And my optimism for 2022 is that if public officials are going to show up and stand up, if they can't attack a problem and, and not attack people, then they should shut the heck up. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> Again, a reminder, if you'd like to uh, hear the segments that you missed, if you happen to be listening to the 30-minute version of this program, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and do, do just that. Program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he promises faithfully to have another interesting guest next week on this same group of stations all across North Carolina. So until next week, same time, same station, on behalf of Jason Kong, have a very good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.